Do not let your hearts be troubled. Jesus spoke these words to the disciples as they were gathered for the Passover meal. We often call it the Last Supper, something we celebrated not long ago on Maundy Thursday. Jesus speaks these words in love and concern. They're words of comfort. They're words of assurance. You see, he is preparing his disciples. Preparing them for his imminent death. Preparing them to respond without him. He readies them to carry on. But as they're gathering and being seated around the table, Jesus says to them, and it's not in our gospel reading this morning, it's just before it begins, he says, you do not realize what I am doing, but soon, soon you will understand. Do not let your hearts be troubled. We often, or most often, hear these words at funerals. We often hear them at the bedside of one who is dying. We might hear them in the face of a hurricane or a flood or in any time of great anxiety or great need. You see, these words of Jesus... Do not let your hearts be troubled. They offer peace, his peace, at a time of fear and a time of doubt. Words of comfort, yes. Words of assurance, yes. Words of promise, certainly. Words of life, yes indeed. Words of everlasting life, absolutely. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Troubled is an understatement. Trouble doesn't begin to cover the human condition. You see, we are troubled to the bone. Terrified is more like it. Terrified of death and anything to do with death. Spoken by a man who faces his own death. And like the disciples, we can't see. We don't get it. We are scared and frightened by death. After all, it is the great unknown. We rely, you see, all too much on ourselves. And we can't see. Like Thomas and Philip in our gospel lesson, we want more. We need more. Now, have you ever looked for something? Something. 
Maybe something like your glasses. You've searched the house, stem to stern. You've checked all the cushions in your furniture. You've been out to your car, out to your wife's car. You've retraced your steps many times, leaving no place unchecked. Maybe even you've enlisted the help of your spouse, only to find what you're looking for right in front of you, your glasses. But you just couldn't see it. That would describe Thomas and Philip. It's right in front of them. They were, after all, seeking God. And all this sounds pretty silly with us having just celebrated Easter four short weeks ago. But we have the advantage. We know how the narrative turns out. We have the edge of knowing the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. We know about the resurrection. We know about this man, Jesus. But like Thomas and Philip, we just can't believe that it is so easy to know God. That God is that close to us. We really can't believe it. Now some of you might remember back in Advent, I had made a point of, of the name Emmanuel, God with us. And I've mentioned it in a couple of sermons along the way, and I think it's, it's relevant here this morning as well. Because Emmanuel is God with us. He is that close to us today, just as he was close to Thomas and to Philip. But they couldn't see it. We know that now. But through Thomas and Philip, we get an insider's look. A peek at how Jesus is preparing them, his disciples. How he's using them to build up God's kingdom. And for one thing, I get another chance to rehabilitate my, fa my favorite disciple, Thomas. Jesus is telling the disciples that he goes to prepare a place for them. And then he reminds them, and I quote, no, they know the way to the place where he is going. Well, Thomas, one who could never say he understood when he really didn't, he was much too honest, much too earnest to be satisfied with vague or hazy answers. Thomas, you see, had to be sure. He had to be certain. So he expressed his failure to understand. And I quote Thomas, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Now, I would have loved to have been there and seen the expression on Jesus' face when he goes <sighs> and shakes his head. But one thing I will say about Thomas is that he, at that moment, provoked Jesus 
into one of the most profound and true statements that was ever recorded that Jesus uttered. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then Philip chimes in, right on cue from Thomas. Show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Again. Folks, Philip are us. At least sometimes. You see, Jesus has shown them the very nature of God. Not once. Not twice, not three times, but in every single thing that he ever did in their presence. The way Jesus lived is how God acts. Filled with love, filled with compassion, Jesus is God deep in the flesh. To know him is not only to know the way, but to know the one who calls, the one who draws, the one who draws us along our earthly journey to his house. To know Jesus is to know God. While we love and we cling to our earthly lives, our appetites are wedded for what is to come. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way in which we should model our lives. He is the truth of God that we should proclaim. He is the life of this world and the kingdom to come. And all of this, all of this we seek not by our virtue, not having earned it, not by our moral rectitude, because the way, the truth, and the life are gifts of God's love and his grace. And when we are finally empty of ourselves and we make enough room for his love, we can see God in and through Jesus. We begin to see the world as God sees it. We feel the Father's love. We're able through him to become the miracle. The miracle that the world awaits. The miracle that the world so desperately needs. And that is the miracle of God's love. Sharing bread and cup with both the receptive and the needy. Standing against injustice. Caring and loving one another. Recognizing the way, the truth, and the life that we are called to share. You see, Jesus has prepared already the way for us. And we are obliged to follow and compelled 
to lead others to him. Because, my brothers and sisters, we are reminded that by and through his grace, Jesus promises, Jesus promises that where I am, there you may be also. That where I am, there you may be also. And he goes on to say, believe in God and believe in me. My brothers and sisters, that is the very essence of Christian hope and Christian expectation. That where Jesus is, we may be there also. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe in Jesus. Amen.